0: That's why I was always I always ask God and it's like since I was a kid it's like why do you take my mom away and then it's like why do you take my grandma away? It's like you I felt like. At that moment, it's like God is always taking what I loved or whoever was taking care of me at that moment. So it was not easy to trust or easy to show love to someone else because what happened, I show you the love and this, boom, you know, you are taken away from me. And then all those things, the wound, I think the tra- traumatic experience they have, that ha- you have and then being able to open up, that was the biggest challenge coming out of it, I think. All right. Uh, I'm Neviu, you, Never you Cross. Cross. Uh, so my story is uh, I grew up in Ethiopia. Uh, it's part of Africa. It's like the corner of Africa. Uh, I, when I grew up, uh, my mom passed away like right at a very young age. Uh, my mom passed away actually when I was two years old. And uh, so and I started living with my grandma after my mom passed away because uh, my dad was in the military and he was doing bodyguard and he was doing a lot of night works. So I couldn't really stay with him. So I started staying with my grandma and uh for I think as long as I remember it's like probably until I was five or six, I stayed with her, and uh around five or six she got real sick, and she uh went to live with uh her not live but like to her uh, daughter daughters take care of her, so she went down there probably for three or four months, and then she passed away and uh before she passed away we were supposed to she asked for us to for me and my sister uh to go see her but we didn't make it in time to go see her because she passed away before we got there um so she passed away when i was about five or six ish and uh, i and then i started living with my uh, dad for a little bit and then half of the time i live with my sister my sister is about like four I'll probably say six to four four years older than I was at the time. So we we would stay at my grandma's house, the house my grandma left. And uh, my sister had a sponsorship, actually, from America. She was sponsored uh, through a sponsorship program. So we were like, they would buy us food. And uh, so she would go to school through through the day. And I would just wander around the whole day. And then my dad would come home at night and then I would just go stay with him. And when he's working at night, I'll go stay with her. And it went on and on. And then for a couple of years until I was seven years old or something like that, uh, where uh, the orphanage in Ethiopia opened up where I was living in a small town. Uh, and it's opened up. And uh, I remember the day, actually, uh, I was running and then the guy came and he was taking name, names of the people who don't have parents. And this orphanage was actually opened up for children who don't have both, who have lost both of their parents or mom and dad But at that time my dad was alive But my dad was getting actually very sick And he was not well enough to take care of me So my sister was taking care of me So after I filled out my name And my sister and all of um, And my dad went out to Like to make a case for me to go in the orphanage Because they were only expect accepting People who lost both their parents So and after Like strong thoughts and after the talk And all over they accepted me And then I went to the orphanage uh, after i went to the orphanage uh, i stayed there probably what f- four years until i was so i got to orphanage when i was eight and i eight yeah eight or seven and then i I got adopted when i was 12 so i lived in orphanage for that and then yeah and i got adopted when i was 12 uh, i came to uh, america when i was 12 and uh, I, I started going to school and it was challenging for a little bit i'm I'm pretty sure we can get to it later, but uh, yeah, that's that's the story so far.
1: So then how did you get word that um someone was um, trying to adopt you or bring you to the states?
0: Oh okay, so uh, one thing is when when we were in orphanage that we knew we had a chance to be adopted because kids were getting adopted. And I have seen, like, I was one of the last ones to get adopted, actually. Uh, one of my best friend, whose name is Miki, he got uh, adopted first, and then he left. And then we went on and on to all of them be adopted. And then the one thing is, my dad came, and the story is, like, from my dad's perspective, the story my dad told me was, he came, actually, in 2008 to see the orphanage because he was contributing he was sending money and contributing to for the orphanage so then his uh buddy john his football buddy was the one who encouraged him to come down and see you know where his money was going so he came down to see and everything and then i guess like me and my dad connected and uh the story goes is like they were going through the book uh, joy and destiny who's my uh uh wife's uh parents uh they came to their house and as they sent so they showed them the book and as they were going through the book they saw my picture and they stopped on it like a couple times and they're like and and my mom and I, my mom decided it's like yeah i want to adopt neb and then my dad my dad i think knew he wanted to adopt with me but he was waiting for my mom to say it too so it's like once they agree upon uh the word got to me is how the word got to me is how we 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 sit in a, like, um, uh, Pochi and Pastor Bazaba, we call a mama and a baba, as uh, they'll come every Monday to the orphanage. They live in Addis Ababa in a town. They'll come every Monday and then uh, to hang out with us, to get to, to talk to us and all that. And uh, once in a while, once, and probably like once every month or something, somebody will get the news that they're getting adopted. And so they came down and they're like, hey, uh, like, Neb and, uh, one of my best friends that was actually there, Tamrat, he was like, you guys, got, you guys are getting adopted. And then they gave us uh, family photos and all that. So that's when I found out I was going to be adopted. What was going through your mind then? What were you thinking of when you were told? It was a, it was a, like now looking back at it, it was a lot of like going on, you know? It's like, wow, I was like, you were I was excited, and it's like oh, I get to go to America because I have seen America in a, like the movies. You know, you see New York, LA, and all those things. Like wow, I get to be there, and uh, uh, I was like wow, well, I get to know this family. So it was like what I did was I took the <laughs> I took the family picture, the family photo, the album they yeah. sent. Like, I remember all their birthdays and then their name because I was just thinking about it like, oh, I'm gonna going to be going, I'm going to be adopted now. So, like, so I have to practice and know all of them. So, I was very excited. The same way, I was a little bit nervous now looking back at it. I was definitely nervous the day I left more than I was once I was told. Once I was told, I was very excited that I was going to be able to get adopted because I seen all my friends get adopted. So, tell me about the time that you first met them. Oh, the time. Okay, so I I met my dad in 2008. So so he came before... He came before, yeah. He came by himself before I got adopted, yeah. He came in 2008, and uh, that's when I saw him. I mean, I didn't really think of him much. It was like, it was like, it was a big guy, you know? And then I was like, hi, and we just uh, played sports, and we did a lot of fun stuff. But the second time they came to adopt me, it was Kobe, my mom, and dad. And I was... It was, like, an excitement to see them finally. You know, you've seen a picture of them. You have, like, known story about them. And then it's, like, now hearing and seeing... I mean, now seeing them was a totally different experience. I was very excited to see Kobe because I have heard he plays soccer and I just I love soccer when I was a kid. Like there is like soccer is everything for us. So it's like and then hearing about his story, like how he loved playing soccer. So getting to see him, I was very excited and very happy honestly to see them at that moment. And I was super like juiced yeah. to see them. Yeah. So then you guys
1: um got together and tell me about the time that you left
0: Ethiopia. So the time I left, uh, so we stayed there probably uh, less than a week. I think they stayed there in Ethiopia. And uh, I saw all my, all my uh, biological brothers and my sister and said bye to them, which was a little bit challenging. Definitely was challenging for my sister because like me and her were like close. She was uh, because my dad had two wives. So it was like a different my brothers are half brothers and then it's like she was the only one i I only have two full sisters and now i'm the youngest one so it was like it was hard for her to let go at that time and uh once we left and then it was just like it was like i was kind of sad like i was kind of sad because i was leaving everything like my friends and and my family and then like the people i grew up with they're an orphanage is like part of the family now it's like that i have built a trust with and uh I was sad and at the same time I was excited to be able to have a new family in America, which I have was like imagined of, i guess in some way I always prayed for her. so I was very exciting and then we left and we left in a to go and then the funny story is uh I got actually sick when we went uh when we were flying back here because I never flew on an airplane really so I was like i got I probably, uh i got a uh, 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 my stomach was bothering me and everything and my mom didn't understand so my mom thought I was sad that I'm leaving so it was like we were in Washington I remember we were in Washington DC uh, that we had like a couple hours of layover and then I was just sitting there I looked sad but I was actually my stomach was like not adopting with the food and all the, the elevation and all that part so it was like she, we were just sitting there thank God that one of the guys that came by that worked in the airport was Ethiopian there's a lot of Ethiopians that work in DC so she came in like, and then he came and he's like, oh, what's wrong? And then he came and talked to me and I'm heartache. And I told him like this and it's like my stomach is bothering me. I'm feeling a little sick. So he told my mom and then my mom finally felt relieved. And so that was the that's how I went really. And we got home.
1: Your first night probably at your new home was memorable. Um, do you remember anything about the first night or first week?
0: Yeah, it was such a it was such a blur in some way because it, had, <laughs> it happened so much. It's like we flew, and it's like the jet lag and all those things, and I come home, it's like your whole family's there. You know, my grandma's there, and everybody's there, and it's like everybody's coming out to greet you. I just remember a specific thing. I remember my little sister taking me out to my room. She's like, oh, this is your room. And I remember my grandpa and grandma was there. Uh, they got me a bike. Uh, yeah, we sat down to eat. And yeah, and then I just went to bed really that day. And then that week was, yeah, that week was just challenging because I was unable to communicate with them and be able to speak, you know, English with them. So it was very challenging actually looking back at it. It's like because I didn't know how to express what I want. Like, and then the food is totally different. Like, I don't really like any of the food here. And a piece of pasta and, uh, And pizza, beside that, I don't really like any of the food. So that was very challenging, actually, when I first came to be able to adapt to the food and the situation there.
1: So you eventually learned some English, and did you develop any friends that can that were able to help translate what you're trying to communicate to your parents?
0: Yeah, uh, so uh, actually one of the principal at the, my elementary school knew one of the kids who had Ethiopian parents who speak Amharic. So my mom would call him like if something is bad, like once a day, he would call and then he would translate like how I'm doing, how I'm feeling. So that was that was actually, yeah, I forgot, that was actually the biggest, that one of the things that helped me a lot was having him like being a translating, like a bridge in some sense. So, but yeah, and then I put myself into it and just like focus on because I want to learn the English so bad. And then I want to learn, like, I want to go to school, be able to make friends and all. So I just put my head down and just did like a roller of stone. And I learned English, like my mom and dad said, I learned it pretty like in a month, and a month and a half, I picked wow. up the English language and yeah.
1: So you got incorporated into school and... How was how were your Ethiopian roots changing to this American culture? You said it was a challenge mainly because of language, but what were maybe
0: some other challenges for you just getting into this culture? Oh, there was a lot of like a lot of challenges when I first came here. It's like uh I don't want to be like in a disrespectful way, but it was like a lot America is like a lot of dependence on like, you know, at that age, I'm already like since I was a kid, I like you know I'm by myself and I'm really not independent and I'm 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 not dependent on someone. So it's like once I got here, it's like a couple of the culture shock was like. Uh, the other thing is, is is like we in, in in Ethiopia is like we are. If you're a guy, you can just walk with a guy holding hands and all those things that I didn't know that here's a different culture that if you hold with the hand with a guy is a totally different meaning than how we would do it there so i remember actually specific stories. so i was in after school we were on a track team and this guy was like uh, he's he's african and then he was uh, he was having a hard time running like he was not running really fast so i just grabbed his hand and trying to run with him and and then we were like, they were asking me, like, are you gay or this? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, because I grew up in where me and my friend will literally walk, holding hand and walk around, and it's, it was nothing. So that part was, like, a little bit cold struck. And then it's, like, definitely even being in the classroom where the language is totally different. Amer- like, English is very, like with the words and then like the spelling part is like spelling known with like, like with the K and all those things. It's like, it was very confusing and sitting in a classroom where it's like, you just have one teacher and then they just like with the homework, it's very totally different because in in Ethiopia, if you don't do your homework, you get like more punishment. And it's like, there's those things were like totally different to come here and adjust to. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: What about your adoption story? with the friends that you're developing at school? Because clearly when they saw your parents, and they yeah. saw you, they knew, they're okay, well, what's happening? How did how did you explain that? And how often
0: did that come up for you? Oh yeah, it definitely it came up a lot because Kobe was the same age as I was. And then it's like, we're going through the same school. It was like, oh yeah, Kobe's my brother. He's like, how? And then like, oh yeah. And then like he telling the story, like I was adopted. And that story still to this day comes up, you know? it's like when they see my family picture or something it's like oh like how was that and it's like oh yeah i'm adopted and then it's like i have to always explain to them i mean i don't mind it but it's just like that's something that has come to with it's like okay yeah i'm adopted and then this is my brother Kobe, casey cooper and Cam is my sister and jason so that part has always been like that and then uh I mean, being a soccer team uh, really helped being on sports is like where I created the friends in sport and they already knew who I was. So it was like, it didn't really give me that much tough time after after I, after I it become like, a, I don't know, repetitive things like where people ask you over and over. It's like, okay, yeah, you get used to I got used to it pretty much.
1: So there wasn't any shame in explaining your story. It wasn't something that you you felt like gosh, I have to explain this again, and I don't really... This is kind of a
0: personal experience. Did you not feel that way? At uh, Time, I think I, I would say I have. It's like a time when it's asking you the same question. It's like, you go here, and they ask you the same question. You go there. I'd be like, ah, I, really, like, I already explained this so many times. In the beginning, I definitely felt that. like I was, like, um, was in middle school or high school. I, I think I remember explaining It's like, oh... You are adopted? And it's like, the thing is like, yeah, I was like, where are you from? And it's like, oh, I'm from Africa. And then people be like, oh, you used to fight lions and all those things. it's like, all right. And it's like, you just joke around with them for a little bit. And then when they become repetitive, you're just like, ah, all right. It's getting too old, you know? It's like, definitely if you have to do it uh, repetitively in a day. And I just be like, not a shame of it, but more of a just like irritation of it, like of the talent over and over.
1: Just the repetitiveness of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will say, yeah. But one now, I'm just like, yeah, that is what it is. Yeah.
1: From an adoptive parent perspective, I've got four Mm -hmm. kids that are adopted. I often want to protect like that story. I often want to protect and say, um, you know, when people ask, I'll, I'll often just not address it. Like it's, you know, it's, it's complicated or it's, yeah, they're my children
0: and, that's just the way they are. I think the part where to tell, like, yeah, they're adopted. Like, yes, yeah, these are my adopted children. I think that is not a big deal. But like you said, the story of part of it is like that is their story. I don't like always my mom always asks me for permission before she go up to talk like on a big crowd or anything. Like, can I tell your story? It's like, yeah, it's like, go ahead and tell me your story. Because I think you always have to keep the privacy of the children. Because definitely when they're adopted, it's like a lot of the time they might have trust issues. And they, they can open up to you. And then it's like, you don't they don't want you to say whatever they open up to you. But I think telling that they're adopted, yeah. But the story part, I think, should be able to, they should tell their story, their own story. Because, you know, it's like, that's coming, you telling the story is that. You're telling from your perspective, not from their perspective, because their perspective is totally different. Sometimes I have I have a, I have heard my mom tell the story, and it's like uh, my perspective is like how I saw this kind of different. You know, definitely of the adoptions. Where did life take you after high school? So I mean, I can completely be with honest and stuff. So uh, a couple of things that after high school, as I went to community college, I Consumers river right here and. Um, that's when in, in college is kind of like where you get to be on your own is where you, I kind of had made a couple bad decisions in college, like not terrible decision, but you get to that stage of life where it's like, okay, let me try out these things. Like where I did, I did stray away from God, believing in God. I remember having this conversation with my mom, I think in a, in high school where it's like a first duration because I have asked God repetitive questions and that has not gotten an answer. And, and I'll have said, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I was like, I don't believe in God anymore. So what changed was when I went back to Ethiopia, my uh, first time I went back and then seeing all those things and seeing how I grew up and then like gave me the, finally gave me the perspective, how God been faithful to me, how God has taken me out. And it's like, oftentimes I might not hear it because I am drowned in my sorrows or my problem. And then going back and seeing the perspective of things, you're like, wow, it's like, God was there with me like this whole time. It has to be. It's like to be from one part of the world and then being able to connect with the other person from a different world and be able to come to be a family, that has to be a work of God. And I was like, wow. And then it's like, so that gave me a perspective is going back to my root and going back and seeing how I grew up and then how things were and then how the people came in like. That whole market, like my mom, actually, the story is uh, my biological mom used to be, uh, she used to sell in the market. And before she passed away, she told them, like, to take care of me. So I was like, all the people in the market has to take care of me since I was a kid. And they were like, they will buy, buy me food. They were like, whatever I needed. time I'll go to them and say, provider so when they saw me they were so happy and giving thanks to god and all those things It just gave me a different perspective of things to look at a different lens and it's like to finally align myself with christ and say oh yeah he was there faithful to me and so yeah
1: yeah oftentimes you don't understand god's movement in your life until you can turn back and look Mm -hmm. at where you've been where you are now and that's one thing that America is very good at, distracting. Distracting, yeah. And you can sit there and distract your your life away. Yes. Um, and so it it sounds like it was a huge uh, blessing for you to go back to yes. gain perspective of where you've been, where yeah. you came from, where you are now, and maybe even what your future holds. Yeah. So
0: after you've gained a perspective, you came back from Ethiopia. What What changed for you? What changed was I felt like when I was out there, uh, I felt like God was telling me, like, uh, there's a girl I grew up with, Anna, who's my wife now, and uh, there was a picture of her where we were staying and we I before I left I got in contact with her I was like I went there to see her with her family just to go because her family joined destiny were the ones that gave my mom and dad uh, the picture so I went down there to see them before I left because she has gone to Ethiopia the year before so to talk to her about it and it's like how things are and everything so before I went there and then and then as I was there, I was staying in a, an orphanage I grew up in. And then in the guest room, there were a picture of her that was graduated. And I felt like at that time, it's like I didn't hear the audible voice of God, but I felt in my bones like I was supposed to marry her. And at that moment, and then I knew it. It's like, you know, you get that revelation. You'd be like, yep, I knew it. I know it is true. So, and then I went on and uh, I called her like when I was coming home and I was like, hey, I'm going to, you're going to be my wife. And, and that's, and then uh, I came home. And uh, specifically what changed my life it was like straight, like bring me to God was a specific night is. One night it was uh, on a Christmas Eve. And I was supposed to go to church, but I didn't want, I didn't, go, I didn't go to church at that moment. I didn't really want to go to church. I was like, I'm gonna just stay home. And I was, as I was taking a shower, I felt this presence like, it's like a demonic force of presence type of thing. And then it's like, well, at that moment I was like, and it's like, just, you know, you feel like you were drowning in that moment. And I was like, I felt like I was drowning. And then it's like, at that moment is when I had that breakthrough and where I might like, an encounter god you know christ himself and encounter and and it's like after that my life completely changed instant like i'm not talking about like a day day change it was like instant change of where i used to be and then where i am now and 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 totally now but it's been two three years now and then i'm married and yeah i live a happy life really so you said you met your wife Explain that a little bit more.
1: There was a picture of her at the orphanage when you went back to Ethiopia.
0: Yeah. So me and my wife were actually in an orphanage at the same time in the same orphanage when I was, uh, when we were in Ethiopia, we both grew up in the same orphanage and she got adopted by a different family. I got adopted by a different family and we, just, and then they went to, they were living, they were, her parents were a missionary in Ethiopia actually. So they were living in Ethiopia for a little bit and they came back and they used to live in Denver and, uh. I th- and then they came back to Reading, and then they went back, started living in Fresno. That's when they started, uh, that's when we started talking and then finally we got to meet and all that. And then it went on from there. But, uh, wow.
1: So do you guys, you and your wife talk about just the old times
0: and the orphanage and... Oh yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we talked. We talked. Even we talked about it today. Like about I was telling her the podcast, and she 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 was talking to me. Like, what are you gonna say? And it's like, I was like, I don't know. Just we talked about all those things. Uh, yeah, and some of the thing. Oh yeah, before before we go even is some of the things she told me is to talk. Uh, she asked me a question. It's like, what was the most challenging part of being adopted? You know, and uh, one of the thing I think the most challenging part for me as uh, being adopted is definitely is being able to open up. I think being able to be vulnerable and uh, because oftentimes I think the parents want, once you get adopted and it's like the parents think they're bringing in a new baby, which, which is can be like, obviously some, some of them are adopted a new baby I was adopted. I was a 12 years old, but it's like when when you come home, it's like there's expectation. Not they set expectation, but it's like there you think and yourself the expectation that you're supposed to love your parents, which is true. You are supposed to love your parents, but at the same time, there is a wound and hurt that you are not ready to open up to that person because you come into a new a new environment, a new place, and uh, being able to open up and like trying to tell them it's like this is how i feel and all these things are not easy thing to come that's one of the biggest challenge for my, me and my mom actually were me and my mom had a lot of obstacle we gone through because she thought i didn't love her or the way i because i didn't open up to her and all those things which is a very challenging because how i am is like i'm not very like a feelsy person it's like where well, i'm not going my feeling or anything it's like I just don't like opening up, and it's like all the hurts, and then all the, you know, I didn't never address the way my mom passed away, and then I never addressed, like, the way my grandma passed away, and then my dad passed away, and all those burdens that are upon me, and it's like, I have hold it in, and then I have hold it in not to talk about it, and it's like, it is what it is, it is life, you know? That's why I was always I always ask God, and it's like, since I was a kid, it's like, why do you take my mom away? And then it's like, why do you take my grandma away? It's like, you, I felt like... At that moment, it's like God is always taking what I loved, or whoever was taking care of me at that moment. So it was not easy to trust or easy to show love to someone else because what happened? I show you the love, and this, boom, you know, you are taken away from me, and then all those things—the wound. I think the tra- traumatic experience they have, the, the I ha- you have, and then being able to open up—that was the biggest challenge coming out of it. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you hit on a great point because when adoptive parents go through an adoption whether it's you know an infant or you know 12 or 13 year old there's that love bridge you mm-hmm. know are they going to love me cuz i already maybe maybe the parent loves the child more already yep. or maybe the child loves the parent more and there's this this balancing out that has to happen yes you know and um your mom uh may have Uh, been so so much of a communicator sounds like she's a great communicator she's always asking hey tell me about this and that and it sounded like maybe you weren't quite ready to open up to that because of your past uh, traumatic experiences because it it the equation is if you if you love someone in in your own experience that that person's that god might take that person away
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and i can understand that because that's been your experience
0: yeah and also, like, one of the story me and my mama talks about is, like, where it actually changed was, like, where uh, I, I can, I would say, like, a breakthrough was, uh, my mom was like, extrovert, where she's, like, doing, you know, a lot of stuff. So we, I remember as a kid, when we come from church, and we're doing one thing, another thing, another thing. I'm an introvert person. It's like... I'm like, okay, I can do one thing. And it's like, after that, it's like, I don't really want to do these things. It's like, you know, you feel like forced upon. And it's like, I don't want to do this. And we always get in a fight because she think I'm being ungrateful. It was like, I'm not being thankful for this opportunity to do all these things. And then, I, but I, how I looked at it's it like, okay, I already done one thing. It's like, I'm done now. It's like, it's like, I'm drained out. You know, my social life is drained out, but my mom didn't see it like that. I think that's the biggest part is like an adoption part is like how, uh, because oftentimes you just, you see on your own perspective, it's like, okay, we're doing this. It sounds like a great thing, you know? It doesn't sound like a bad thing to go from one place to another, 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 doing all the stuff. It sounds like fun things to do in my seem at the moment. But you also have to understand how that kid is and then how, how his personality is. Because that's, my mom didn't understand that. And then we had a lot of bumps. And then I'll get to the point where I'm burned out by the end of the day. And it's like, she wanted to talk to me. Was like, oh, how was this thing? How was this thing? I was like, mom, I don't, I don't want to talk. It's like I'm tired. I already been drained out, and where she felt like I was rejecting her all the time, and she, when well, she had a breakthrough was uh, when I don't know if it was a, 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 the adoption things she goes to or one of the thing, and she was telling them stories like he always like we doing all these fun things, but he always seemed ungrateful at the end of the day, and then one of the lady came out to her, is like, do you ever like you seem like. Uh, introvert and then he seemed like uh, I mean she seemed like extrovert and he seemed like introvert and it's like, and she's like no she's like maybe he's an, just an introvert person maybe he can only do one thing and then she's like wow I never thought of it like that. And then since when she did, when she started doing it's like, hey, now she started asking, it's like, hey, Neb, we're going to do this. Do you want to do it? It's like, I can do one thing. And then it's like, uh, if it come up on and it's like, maybe I'll have energy to do two things, you know, she's like, hey, Neb, you want to do this thing more? Now it's actually a question instead of a suggestion that where it became breakthrough. It's like now I have a choice to say No. Like, no, I'm good. And, uh, another time where it was kind of forced up on me because I feel like oftentimes, I mean, it's not just adoption parents. So like, even as a parent, you put your baggage on your children, you know, it's like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And it's like, sometimes you have to give them space to, like, to reamp and reload. And then just like, okay, re- they just maybe want alone time and then they just want to be by themselves. So yeah, that's one of the difficult parts.
1: You came to that family as a 13-year-old. Right? Yeah.
0: And so you have been established,
1: your personality, your life, your, um, your, your daily rhythms were all of a sudden turned upside down mm-hmm. and, you know, incorporated into a family that maybe, um, did other things yeah. you know, and wanted to incorporate you as their act of love, but that maybe that act of love just felt
0: just too much you know for your for your personality yeah I think because it's like because you think it was love it doesn't mean like that person expect like uh not uh, accepted as love you know it's like that my mom might be doing that as like oh I'm trying to make you part of the family but it's like yeah I feel part of the family I just don't need to do all those things to be part of the family I mean it can be a different story it's like I can be extrovert person and it's like now I want to do all the things you know and being in that situation where you just have to understand the, the person's personality definitely as a 13 years old here is totally different than when I was 13 years old in Ethiopia because of the culture and, and how you grow up. It's like when you're 13, you have to be taking care of yourself and all those things where I have actually, I already have developed who I am before even I reached uh, like my teen years. So it's like coming here and it's like being told to do this stuff and all those things were very challenging. You're like uh, Like, yeah. A 13-year-old
1: here in the States is very different expectation Vision. than a 13-year-old in where you came from.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, since I was like, I, when I was a kid, I didn't have no babysitter or like I would just wander around the whole day and I just have to be home by 6 o'clock, you know? And it's like, okay, before it get dark, just be home. And then I just wander around the whole day, do my own thing and figure out how to eat, what to eat, like how to get food that day and all those things. Where here, it's like you are kind of like fed. It's like, oh, you have to eat. And it's like, where's that? Okay, okay. What do I eat? How do I eat? You know, and all those things. Yeah. So yeah. so when
1: you went to, after you graduated high school, uh, you went to junior college. Uh, was there a point when you left the home that you felt, uh, did it ever cross your mind that that relationship between um, your mom and dad might not be as strong when you left the home?
0: Oh, no. I mean... I feel like me and my parents have been through a lot. Like I have run away from home, for example. I was like, I think what, is it once or twice, twice, not to be exact. I think I have gotten an argument with my parents where it had led to, were extracted to the point where definitely when I was a little bit grown up, once I got 18, uh, one of them was like run, when I was in high school, it was like where we got an argument and I just ran away. And uh, the other time happened with my mom and it's like, I was eighteen. I was like, I packed up my stuff, and I went to live with my aunt for like a couple of days because, because of, because of the things I held on. That uh, I think a lot of the time is what what the mistake I made was at that moment is where I would just let pile let let things piled up, and me is like where. Uh, I let it piled up like where certain things my mom had said that was hurtful or me and my mom used to get in a fight and then she would say something to me and I would say something mean to her and then I held on, you know, and all those things and it's like seeing it and then that kind of b- breaked us apart at that point and where I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm done. It's like it's like, a, it's like saying a lot, a, lot, a lot of hurtful words to each other and then left and then uh, came back and talked about it with like with my aunt and uncle, and talked about the problem, the root of the problem, why that is, and then being able to open up. And uh, one thing that actually got us me and my mom's really close was when I first my first girlfriend, when we me and her broke up. I think that opened up our relationship even deeper because she was there to listen to me, and then she was there to. That's when I actually addressed all the problem from the past where where I was hurt, where I was, you know, from. My parents, my mom, like I said earlier, the baggage of my mom passing away, my dad passing away, my grandma passing away, and how I felt like everything I loved was always taken away. At that moment, I liked that girl, and I got taken away. And, you know, it's just a traumatic experience. You experience the lies you tell yourself oftentimes, I guess, will become, you know, it can become a reality because you can, how, how you look at things It can be with your lens is like, okay this getting taken away because of this. You can make you can make yourself believe anything you want really often time. So it's like I believe those lies and then it's like when it happened, it's like where I was broken down and because of, not because of the girl at that moment, more of because of the all the baggage that happened is like, okay, this is nothing new. It's like, why is it always happening to me? And like I said earlier, it's like, and then I broke down and then that kind of created where a bondage between me and my mom that actually like blossomed after that, after that we opened up. It's like, no, I don't like to go back to your question. No, I don't really have any fear. Our relationship has gotten like actually stronger now than ever really. We we talk about being Christians and we talk about, you know,
1: how God adopted us and, um, you know, we we like to talk a, a good game, like we can do things, you know, right. as Christians we 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 believe this, we we say this, but um when it comes down to it, people need more examples yes. than just words. Yes. And um I guess I guess what I'm getting at is how do you how do you see yourself in relation to God in this this adoption Um, Not just theology, but the story of adoption, what God did for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, adoption is a blessing, you know. It's like how often often I see it as a blessing for both sides. It's like, uh, like you said, like how Christ adopted us, you know, to be with Him. It's like, He blessed us. He's like, now we, you know, we are a part we feel like, not just feel, we are. Uh, his his family and then I think adoption gives you a sense of uh which is family is a big part of life you know you need to have family structure and I mean statistics shows it and all those things like where people don't have family that's when they struggle because I think family is where everything in this world beside you know beside Christ obviously but as I think family and adoption is the like I think it's a big blessing for me is because of being adopted into the family, that's perfect for me. It's like God ordained that family for me to be in that family for a reason because he knows that I need them and then he knows that they need me. It's like it's both ways, you know, oftentimes people see adoption as like one way. It's like, oh, I'm blessing the child. No, it's like the child is blessing you also because he's strengthening you and then he's giving you like perspective of things. And I was like, where you thought you were, oh, I'm good in this area. It's like, no, you're not, you know, it's like where you will learn even more. And uh, like you said, it's like, adoption is like we oftentimes do talk a good game it's like we're like oh yeah we want to do this do that but we don't do it oftentimes and then it's like we need to step up and then we need to be able to help the community and then we need to be able to be advocate for those like you are right now advocate for those who are being adopted and then the parents and then having perspective and putting it out there so people don't struggle once they adopt they can see they can follow the steps of like, okay, this person said it like this and this person said it like that. So it's like being adopted into a family, like obviously Christ adopted us into one family. That's a beautiful thing. That's what what we all are grateful for. And in the same way, it's like when you are adopted into here, a worldly family is like, where you're like, wow, that's a great thing. That's a beautiful thing, which is a blessing also.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that it's a blessing for both sides because, um, I 100 percent feel that, and and sometimes when people say, "Hey, you know, that was such a great thing, you know, for this child," and I always counter saying, "It's been a life changing experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it's been that I've been the benefactor of just stepping out in faith, yes. and, and and letting God make that decision and put someone into our family because that person needs us, but we also need them. Yes, and that it's equal. It's an equal." Relationship and an equal need, I yeah.
0: think. Yeah, so. definitely. And then one thing is like, even speaking of that is, uh, one thing I struggle with is uh, oftentimes is like, uh, you have to know that your kid is worthy of the like you know you love it's like you didn't like you didn't adopt him because you have the money or you didn't adopt him because so he doesn't feel like you you owe him something it's like oftentimes I felt like I it's not because of what my parents did it's like what I put on myself like where I felt like I owe my parents you know in some way it's like oh I'm gonna have to own and it's like because they have put so much money to get me here or to adopt me here it's like I owe him uh, I don't know how to explain, like where I owned not money, but like I feel like in the same in the same way money too. It's like where it's like they have done all this for me. That mean I have to that mean I have to do this for them but like the bible says like christ did all those things to us we don't have to do anything it's like we are saved not by our work but by grace you know and all those things like where you have to integrate it, that too is like where they did those things not because you have to own because they they love you it's like you have to make sure, like the kids have to know that it's like not because you adopted them because because you have to, or you adopted them because of some obligation. You adopted them because you love them, you know? It's like, it's not, the money's not a factor. It's like, you, they don't owe you anything. It's like, it's the same way. It's like, oftentimes we feel like we owe Christ something, you know? It's like, out our hearts and worship. And and we are like, and the sa- it's the same thing, I think, with adoption. It's like, for the longest time, I feel like I owe my parents in some way. And then where I felt that, and then it's like, finding to let go and be able to say no. It's like, they adopted me because they do love me. And you're obviously, the actions showed it even more. Because oftentimes, you know, when you get in that age where you start believing lies, you get in an argument with them, you get in a fight with them or something, you're like, okay, I have gotten in a fight with my parents. Well, I'll say, I'll pay for all you guys did. Like, I'll pay for the adoption money you guys paid. And it's like, and all those things. So, yeah. That's a great correlation
1: because we, we you're right, we do look at Christ and we go, um, gosh, I owe everything to him. I've, you know, I messed up this. So now I got to do this. Mm. Or, you know, but it's not by, works, it's by it's by grace. Yeah. And the same thing um that you had to overcome with your with your with your adoptive family is that no, I don't owe them anything. It's by it's by grace. And it's they, they they're not trying to do this because um they want you to pay back something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but that's a good point that you bring up as as an adoptee that that maybe others are struggling with that. Like, yeah. oh, you know, now I owe Whatever the case is, you know, because that weighed heavy on your heart. That okay, well, I'll just pay you everything back, and then just leave me alone, yeah. Um, and and let me live my life because I want to get out from under that that burden. But that burden you said was, um, self created. Yep. Right. That wasn't something that they they put on you. It was just something that you'd you thought maybe that yeah, you existed. Felt, yeah right
0: yeah that's something i felt like it's, it's not nothing they did it's just like something you feel you know definitely being adopted like at that age where you just feel that all the time it's like not all the time but i have felt it a lot of the time definitely going through school it's like where i got in trouble at school And they say these things they're like yeah like you know where you what, are your point? what are you point where you disappoint you you know you feel like you're disappointing your parents and it's like ah i don't want to do that it's like like i'm supposed to be good I'm supposed to, you do, You paid all this money for me to be a good student, to be, you know, the best of myself, where you put this expectation on yourself and that expectation comes with like, you know, you bought by a price in some way, you know, like, you know, we bought by the blood of Christ, but the same way you put that situations like, oh, I'm about, I have a price, like they paid this much money for me to get here. So I have to earn all those things to make sure they're satisfied with it, which is not true. But it's something you tell yourself and then the mind is a trick, you know, you can play a trick in your mind and it's like, yeah. And then believe it. I believed it for uh, like a long time, actually. Yeah.
1: So imagine your 13 year old self was sitting here. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give yourself knowing that the journey that you've been on, like what would you tell yourself to do or to think or
0: to be? I will tell myself don't op- don't be scared to be vulnerable and don't scared to be open you know to open up by feeling and to address uh, whatever is going on however you're feeling at that moment and I also tell myself that it is okay to make the mistakes and uh, even if you make the mistakes just know that Jesus loves you always and uh, always to look. Don't look at the problem, but look at how faithful God had been, you know, because oftentimes when you're looking at the problem, the problem can cause the storm. It's like always remind me of the the uh, Peter where when, you, when Jesus was walking in the water and Peter came out. And he instantly he was, When he was uh, This pastor was talking about it When he was looking at Jesus He was actually walking But when he started looking at the problem around him He started drowning So I was like I always wanted I would tell myself 13 years old self is Always to look on Christ You know You might fail at times uh, The the storm might be bigger the, the problem might be bigger But always Just keep your eyes on Christ And then always walk To his faithfulness And then Yeah And just to be open up And be able to get hurt it's okay to get hurt you know oftentimes I have guarded myself a lot and it's like it's okay sometimes to let go of the burden you don't have to carry the burden alone is what I told myself <laughs>